Welcome guys to the Trying Podcast. My name is Nanini and on this podcast I'll be sharing with you the steps that I'll be taking to try and get over my fears and get out of my comfort zone. This is something I'm just not like I'm 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 witnessing right now but I have been noticing ever since I started taking care of cats. <laughs> never been a fan of cats i don't mind them i'm just not a fan but i was a dog person but then i had to take care of a cat, tiny kitten and his mother who's now grown the kitten is now grown and since then i've noticed that the mom you know when they feel like ugh i can't even eat your food june she goes out hunts for food and brings to the kitten and this is even before she has eaten anything so if it's a lizard oh sai gasana chiona rat if it's a lizard if it's a rat the mama cat first brings to gas and a kachini just waiting for gas to eat and be full and then now she she finishes whatever gas has not eaten it's so selfless She's so calm, you know. She's just here watching him eat. She sleeps, she wakes up. Gas is still not finished. Man, if animals know how to take care of their young, be this selfless. This is what I was talking about like ningependa kuwa this resourceful for my for my kids i don't want to just not provide for them anything you know it doesn't have to be finances it there will be finances amen but i don't mean that like the fact that she has gone found for her child food and she's bringing fast for the child to eat waiting and then she'll eat whatever is left or even if nothing is left she'll sort herself you know like i said i give them food here but at the same time nila like oh you're not giving me enough meat <laughs> okay i i'm learning a lot from from taking care of these two anyway i just wanted to share that it's it's nice to see even animals the basic instinct of a of a of a mother is to take care of her young even the chicken the chicken zimehatch the two eggs to mehatch and then it baby chickens just dare dare get near the the two chicks the mom will fly at you pecking at you cuz she she doesn't want any prey or danger around the babies you know it's amazing to see even the sheep the sheep has has jada hameza akatena one oh man it's amazing to see okay bye
So that was a recording that I I recorded on May 17th this year, 2022. Today is November 22nd. So it's a month later. And so that's something I've been seeing when it comes to to Gus and his mom, Gus the cat, and Mama Gus. She just feeds him, and it happened again. Like, Gus is almost a year now, a year old. I think at time I a year old, right? Because we found him already having been born by the, I mean, by the mom. Mm-hmm. So he's almost a year old, and he's big. Like, he's, the, he's now the same size as his mother. And to think that even now, the cat, the 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 grown up cat that ga- that Gas is, who can hunt for himself. To think that even now his own mother, who seems actually pregnant again, but his own mother. Still hunts food for him and brings it to him to eat. Ilifanyika like juicy amanichana. I think juicy. Some days back. Yeah, two, three days back, I'm in the kitchen and through the kitchen window, I'm seeing the shamba and I'm seeing Mama Gus carrying something in her mouth. So I'm like, okay, do you like enjoy your meal? (laughs) Turns out she's bringing it to the house and I hear her getting in through the, the car, but the like a bathroom window that I, I usually leave open for them. And she starts meowing, calling Gus. Because I know it's calling Gus because she doesn't meow outside the house. She meows when she enters the house. And Gus comes running from the living room. He comes running to where the mom is. And the mom drops a lizard. And Gus starts First playing with the lizard <laughs> and then starts eating the lizard. Takes the lizard, go he goes, hides under like a desk and then starts eating it. So that's something uh, like it reminded me of it um seeing how Mama Gus was still taking care of Gus even while he is like grown grown. It reminded me of this vi- this audio that I had made on, I had recorded on May 17th. And I was like, wow. Wow, like, kama mungu ameumba such creatures that can do that for their young. Even this, even after this long, an entire year later, the mother cat is still feeding her babies like it's one you know like if god can create an animal that is that quote-unquote selfless i used that word in the previous recording like that takes care of her young like that what does that say about god himself you know like what character 
does God have that he puts that in his creation? It's like a fingerprint, like a tiny piece of God, like God's fingerprint in his creation to show like, you know, and of course, when I started thinking about that, the thought of like, yeah, please, there are other, like, no, you know, like, because it's like the devil, because <laughs> it's not funny. Like, he's, he starts saying, like, bringing other things to mind, like, yeah, right, so what about the other animals that eat their young? What about the other ninis that, what about, what about, what about, uh. I'm like, we are in a fallen creation this is not the ideal but at the same time light still manages to penetrate in the darkness the same way a plant can still manage to grow in the rocky ground it's hard it's difficult but it does that's the same way I believe I can still see God's character in his creation. You know? Because we're told in the Bible, God's ideal that God had created in the very beginning is that the lamb will lay down with the the um is it the lion or is it the, the which which animal eats tiger what, what's what's the other animal let me say lion but i think there's another animal you see like the lamb will lay down with the lion and they will not eat each other you know the child will play with a snake and it will not bite. Like, that's the ideal in God's creation. That's where he's taking us. He's taking us back to Eden. His presence. His holy mountain. The temple. So, even right now while we're living in this fallen world, where we made the choice to be to to work hand in hand with the devil himself and create our own wealth and nini um define for ourselves what is good and what is evil even in this fallen world we can still see people who have not even yet believed in the one true god but you can see still see good in them they know what is good they know what is wrong and what is right even without even without being told you see that's god's fingerprint on them because you're told you're made in god's image that's why even somebody who's at, at the time doesn't believe doesn't yet believe in the true God Yahweh that's why they can still do good deeds 
you know i'm thinking of somebody who's not selfishly doing a good deed that they gain something back just somebody who wants to give to help such a person is proving that god actually exists because if god does not exist what's the point of doing good what's the point of helping If God does not exist, who defines what good is? Who defines what a good deed is? You know? Because you, you can also find people who something good has been done for them. But then the way they take it is like, your it's like they don't see it as a good deed because according to them it's like you're undermining undermining them do you think i cannot take care of myself for such a person how how can you like how can you convince such a person that what you're doing is a good deed that benefits them if in the if in their mind they've already they 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 have omekata the omekata what you define as good to be true like i don't know how to say this if somebody doesn't believe helping somebody else in need is something good how do you change your mind how do you change their mind to believe that that is good if there is no ultimate good if there is no ideal that you can point to and say no this is actually good because of this and this and this because of this constant thing that is good. If there's no constant good, there's no ultimate good, then what you're doing is just your you're just doing what you think helps. And if that person tells you, yeah, by the way, stop help stop thinking that you're helping me. This is not a good thing. You're not helping me. Leave me alone. Take back your things and go. If there's no ultimate good, then you take back your things and you go and you're like, hmm, I misread that, that nini. Apparently it didn't do a good thing to them. That was not good. So that means that is not good. So it's guesswork. That's my point. <laughs> How did I get here? It's guesswork, isn't it? Who is to say what is good and what is evil? Oh, because even somebody who does not believe in an ultimate good cannot say like, we all know deep down in our hearts that this is good and this is evil. How do we know that? How can I trust myself if there's no purpose? 
for my existence if I'm only a clump of cells, if I'm only a a collection of two stardust, if I'm only tiny atoms that have formed together to form me, if I'm there's no ultimate purpose for my existence, how, why should I trust the clump of cells telling me that something is good or the chemicals in my head? Maybe it's just, maybe it's an, it's nini, it's the chemicals in my brain. And then I feel something good. Maybe it's that a chemical, the like dopamine saying, mm, that feels good. So that must be good, right? But no, as human beings, we have come to know not everything that feels good is actually good <laughs> for us. So who is to say what is good and what is not? It sure isn't our feelings. Right? We can't just come as a community and say, okay, okay, we now have decided that this is the ultimate good. Maybe for you guys as a community, community but not for humanity. Because that has happened before. People thinking that they are doing what is ultimately good as a community. Yeah. But then they've ended up burning people alive or enslaving other people. Because to them that is good. But guess what? It's not good for the slaves. It's not good for those who are being burned in the furnace. Being burnt alive, it, it's not good for them. So who is to say what is good? Now, what was I talking about before I got into this tangent? I think I was talking about gas and gas. To see that creation, oh yeah, I, I was answering that ka nini. A doubtful thought in my head like oh yeah but what about the other animals that eat their young whatever this is not the ideal world that's why jesus came to save the world his creation not just human beings but his creation we're told creation groans excuse me we're told creation is groaning and awaiting, I've forgotten, either judgment or something. But it's, this is not the ideal, even for creation. God did not tell us to um, be fruitful and multiply and have dominion over the earth by killing animals. Just so that we live in the land. I don't know if there's anywhere in the Bible where we see God telling people, okay, go into that land and kill. Not the animal of like the... Because there's this place where I talked about, I think it's in the bottom up. Like the Amorites and stuff like that where God says like kill everything. Those people, the inhabitants of that land... And I was linking it to a, a study of like the descendants of Anak and the Nephilim. You know, the scene of the Amorites, such that that cut that cut thread in the bottom up episode. 
But I'm thinking like, is there any other place where like we see God telling us like, okay, go to this land and kill all the wild animals. Cut down all the trees. You know, like when it comes to such things. So no, no, some things as human beings, I think we've just done because we are afraid of us going extinct. And some things we have also done because we are just selfish. We think we, we are more important because we can think and build a house. I mean, even animals build Birds build their nests. Just because their house doesn't look like our house doesn't mean I need to, shma- to, to smash their nests or cut down that tree so that I can build my own house. You know, such things. Like, if God created both me and creation, both human being and and the and the creation around me, then... God doesn't want me to destroy creation. Adam was supposed to tend the land. Sindio, to tend to the land. Why would God allow Adam to name the animals if God didn't care about the animals? Even in Nineveh, while while Jonah was sent by God and then he was like refusing and then finally God I think it's chapter 4 that's how it ends God asking Jonah this plant that I've made grow to give you shade overnight and I have taken it away from you you know by sending a caterpillar to come and eat it like why are you sad about that plant and you did you did nothing to make it grow or to even sustain it you did nothing you're more concerned about this plant that is giving you shade than the lives of many many people and children and animals in Nineveh you want them to die but you can cry about a plant it's like now me can you imagine if what was good in my own eyes was the fact that, oh, please take care of the creation, take care of animals, take care of plants, human beings, let not, like this environmental mindset thing, which is not bad, but I'm just saying, if I'm, if that's what I'm preaching, but I'm not also, I'm not also preaching against the killing of unborn children. Those are human lives that are being killed. Millions of lives being killed. But no, 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 no. I don't care about that. What? No. Let's take care of the trees. Let's take care of the birds. Let's take care of the dolphins. Let's what else? That's um the birds is the air, the dolphins is the ocean, the trees is the land. Cynthia, let's take care of the koala bears. Let's take care of the lions. Let's take all like all these things. But you don't even care about the human life. God is asking Job, you're caring about a plant that you've done nothing to sustain it, to make it grow. Like how your value system 
what is good in your own eyes it's off god is telling jonah what is good in your own eyes is is off and you need to be aware it's off you need to be aware of that why are you crying over a plant and not crying and thanking me for not killing human beings not rejoicing that the human beings have repented you know So God also cares about the animals. God also cares about the human beings. God also cares about the plants. God cares about everything because he is the ultimate good. He is the creator. He has a purpose for every single blade of grass that is that that he allows to grow. That's why I, I, I came, I, I was looking for this verse. I remembered Jesus talking about us not having to worry about our needs being met. Because from Gus and Mama Gus' situation, Juicy, some days ago when I saw it happen again, I was like, even after months, you're still taking care of this baby of yours? You know, because to me, Gus is grown. You know, like, he's no longer a baby. But I'm not his mother to know that. Like, you know? And also, I'm not like a cat expert or something. You know, like, when a, a, a cat becomes an adult or something. I don't know. But to me, Gus was already grown because he could hunt for himself. Thank God. He was... He, he's grown. But his mom still fed him. His mom was still selfless. So like I asked myself, like, I if an animal can be this selfless towards its young, like what about the God who created that animal? The God who created me. What's his character like? And why should I doubt? That he's not going to take care of me, you know. So I came across. No, I didn't come across. I remember this this place where Jesus talks about how God takes care of His creation, and we should not worry about tomorrow. And so I've been looking for that verse. So it's Matthew chapter six, from verse twenty-five. Excuse me, but this is in the middle of a like an entire sermon Jesus is preaching. So, I'm going to start from verse 25, but, you know, we see even in Matthew chapter 6, from verse 1, Jesus is talking about giving to the needy. Don't be a show-off. Verse, from verse 5, Jesus is talking about prayer, and he's teaching us how to pray with our, just go in our secret ka, ka place, our room. Close the door, go to your room, close the door, pray to your God. Pray to your Father. You know, and he will see you, he will hear you, he will answer you. And then Jesus gives us a sample of a prayer, like 
an outline of how we should pray, you know. Our Father who's in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. You see, like God is the sustainer. And we should trust that he sustains daily. And forgive us our debts as we also for, we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then Jesus talks about fasting in Matthew chapter 6 verse 16. Jesus telling us, okay, you guys, don't look all ka, ka grumpy and, you know, and dry your skin while you're fasting. No. Nobody should know you're fasting. Oil your hair, oil your skin. No. It's only God who should know you're fasting. Because at that time, people would like wear sackcloth and start crying out and wailing in front of people. You know? So Jesus is saying, no, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their full reward. It's not a good thing. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. So that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting. But only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Right? And then Jesus talks about treasures in heaven. You know, when you, saw, when you store treasures on earth, it will be eaten. <laughs> eaten. King Julian. Okay. Um, um, it will be eaten by moths and two rodents will start biting, biting your clothes. All the clothes you have that you never wear, but you don't want to give. All those treasures that you're, treasures that you're store, stowing, storing. All those treasures that you're storing, earthly treasures, all those houses that you're building, but you can't even live in them. So you have to hire people to clean them. My point is like, Jesus is telling us, don't focus on earthly treasures. Store up your treasures in heaven where these Rats and the moths will not get to them. They will not destroy them. And thieves will not break in and steal. Because where your treasure is, that is where your heart is. So if your treasure is on the earth, it will be very easy for the devil to come and tell you, bow down before me and I will give you all the treasures of the earth. All of them. Just bow down. It will be easy for you to bow down if that's where your heart is. But if your heart is in heaven, if you're thinking of things above, as Paul tells us to things of the thing, think of the things that are above where Christ is. Don't store up your treasures in on earth, but in heaven. That's what Jesus is telling us, right? So our our heart is is in God's hand hands not in the devil's hands on earth so that is treasures in heaven verse 19 
this talks in verse 22 about the eye being the lamp of the body and then verse 24 this is the the verse that i i studied in the one and only episode no one can serve two masters at the same time and then now verse 25 matthew chapter 6 verse 25 i'm going to read from verse 25 to verse 34 matthew chapter 6 verse 25 therefore i tell you do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink or about your body what you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes look at the birds of the air they do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not much more valuable than they can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field. Which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you? you of little faith so do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall, what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans run after all these things those whose hearts are of the world uh, for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows what you need you know for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. You see, store your treasures in heaven. Think of what is above. May your kingdom come. Our father who is in heaven. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus is pointing us to heaven to our Father in heaven, to what is above. So, but seek first his kingdom, which is not of the earth, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. There's a place you have read about are you not more mean than this? Well, are you not okay? Verse 26, Matthew chapter 6, verse 26. Look at the birds of the air, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable? Are you not much more valuable than they? I've read that and I'm like, June, you have just from you're just from saying God cares about everything equally. And here Jesus is saying that you're more valuable than <laughs> Okay. I think it's necessary sometimes for me to just catch such questions that are in my head. Some I'll ignore because I know it's just the devil trying to like <laughs> 
distract me but such questions I think I should answer and answer according to the truth you know because personally in my head like if I don't answer such questions they instill doubt but then this is a thing I've also said and it's also biblical according to Genesis chapter 1 we're made in God's image according to Colossians chapter 15 1 verse 15 Christ is the image of the invisible God the Son is the image of the invisible God so we're made in Christ's image this is the Father's Creed study we're made in Christ's image God doesn't say he has made the animals in his image God doesn't tell the animals to rule over the land God doesn't tell the animals to name human beings. God doesn't tell the plants to fill the earth and rule. God tells the human beings who are made in his image. So even God can tell Cain. Sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. But Cain, listen. You must rule over it so Cain had the power to rule even over sin that is leading him astray because he was in God's presence God was right there (sighs) the same way Jesus is telling us to seek first the kingdom of God to be in God's presence, where God is, in God's hotspot, in God's dwelling, holy dwelling. That's why the curtain was torn in half. Because we are now all of us, not just priests, that these people we call priests, not just those people, but we are all priests. We are told that we are a royal priesthood, a chosen nation. We are now, all of us are priests. Even in the Old Testament, God's purpose for the entire Israel, not just the Levites, the entire Israel, was so that they can all become priests and go to the nations and, and preach, testify about the one and true God. So that they bring people to God, to the one and true God, to worshiping the one and true God, to knowing. Eternal life is knowing the one and true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. That's that's God's goal from the very beginning. For Adam and Eve to know him, that relationship. So since we are made in God's image and God tells us that we are priests, that means we can enter now the temple. We can enter behind the curtain. We can enter where the mercy seat is, where the holy, most holy of holies. We can enter there before God's throne confidently. That is Hebrews. We are told we can be 
confident and enter God's throne. Jesus is our only mediator between us and God. Not any other human being. There is no other human being who is our mediator and who should be our mediator. I have direct access to God. And that same God is has come on this earth, lived a sinless life, died for me so that I can have that direct access that I have right now. And I'm not going to give that power away. I'm not going to give that access away to a human being who claims to be my mediator between me and God. That's going back to the law. That's like Jesus dying. Jesus saying, actually, Aaron was pointing to me as the high priest. I am now the high priest. And guess what? You're welcome behind the curtain. You're welcome behind the curtain. But then we tell Jesus, oh, your sacrifice was not enough, by the way. I know you're saying that. I know, I know we know the curtain was torn. Even the, the people who don't believe you, they, we know the curtain was torn. Yeah? The Vanitua Jawa, the... The Roman soldiers. It's so clear. The, the, it's it's one. Usiku. <laughs> I've woken up at 12 and I'm like, okay, Nanini, just record the, the, the Nini that you wanted to record. Because I wanted to wake up at around 6 something and start recording. But when Nimem cut 12, I'm like, ah, okay, fine. Let me just record now. Because it's fresh in my head. Um. So anyway, I'm talking about the curtain being torn. Can you imagine Jesus dying on the cross and Jesus telling, come on, come, come, you're welcome in. And I'm like, ah, oh, Jesus, no. You know what? Oh my God, even in the mountain, Mount Sinai. You know what? Let Moses go. God came down. God descended and told the Israelites, when you hear the trumpets, oh my God, when you hear the trumpets, Come up. Come. I'm paraphrasing some verses. I don't remember exactly, but that's the entire gist. God wanted the Israelites to come up. All of them. And meet him. And see him. But they were like, ooh. Yeah. Um, we're so used to the gods who don't speak. Gods who are not powerful so you're too powerful for us you're too scary i mean it would be nice to see you but <laughs> yeah you're too holy you're too much they didn't say that but they were like no we are scared even though god is welcoming us into his presence to eat and dine with him but no let moses go on our behalf let Moses go. And even I'm seeing that in Jesus. Like God redeeming even that action of them saying, let Moses go on our behalf. Because Moses was like, God is testing you guys right now. He's testing you guys and you're failing. So even we're seeing that even as the Israelites not even ascend the mountain and they wanted Moses to go on their behalf Jesus has ascended the mountain on our behalf and guess what he's calling us up <laughs> mm -hmm. 
He is calling us up. He is the ladder that, jo- that not Joshua, what's his name? Israel and it was Jacob that Jacob saw in Genesis chapter 28 where the angels are ascending and descending on him where the where Yahweh is standing on top of that staircase I always say ladder and staircase and use them interchangeably Jesus is the son of man on whom the angels will ascend and descend on that's what Jesus tells Nathaniel and the other guys not only Nathaniel So Jesus, just like Moses, took the place of the Israelites and ascended the mountain on their behalf because they were afraid in this case. Now us, Jesus has ascended the mountain. He's seated at the right hand of the God Almighty. And Jesus has torn the curtain and Jesus is telling us, you're now welcome to come up. You're welcome to ascend the mountain. We are told that we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. We are seated with Christ on the mountain. That's, that's, that's big. (laughs) That's big. And if I don't believe that, I'm not, I'm not going to live like that. I'm not going to live like I'm seated with Christ. No wonder Jesus can say, don't worry. Don't worry. If God can take care of the, un, of the grass on the ground, what about you who is made in his image? What about you who is seated with me in the heavenly places? This is amazing. So I even got to that tangent and I was talking about somebody else being the intermediary. Can you imagine Jesus dying and ascending, dying, resurrecting and ascending to God's holy dwelling, sitting and calling us up and us saying, ooh, 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 Jesus, Jesus, come on. I know you've done all this so that we can be one with God, make them one just as we are one, so that we can be in you, Christ. But um you know what? What about a new Moses? Huh? How does that sound like Jesus? I know, I know Moses was pointing to you as a servant of God who sees God face to face. We know. We know Aaron the high priest was pointing to you who is now our high priest who's we get it, we know, but Jesus, come on. We need somebody else between us and you. How about your... Mm, I wanted to say, how about your mother? That's what we have done as human beings. We have even used Mary to come between us and Jesus. We're saying, Jesus, you have told me I can pray directly to you. You have told me to pray directly to the Father. Ooh. Oh, come on, Jesus. It's not that easy, right? I'm supposed to just go to my room and pray and my Father in heaven will hear me directly like that? Uh, you know what? How about I pray through your mother? How about, how about, how about I pray through 
one of the dudes that lived a very good life here on earth. How about I pray through them? How about I go to my pastor? How about I go to this priest? How about I, how about, how about, like, Jesus is saying, no, pray directly to me. Pray directly to God. But we are like, no, you're too much for us, Jesus. You're too much. How about we just sew back the curtain a little bit? Senor, we can get a glimpse now and then, but let me just sew back this curtain that you tore in half. We don't want to go back there in the most holy of holies. We don't want to know what's behind the curtain. We don't want to see God's presence. Uh, me, I'm sorry. Me, I'm not that person. Me, I want to see God face to face and to hear God for myself and to hear God speaking to me because I'm his child. I am his child. I'm an heir. I am an heir to God's inheritance, to God's in God's kingdom, and I'm, I'm an heir, rightful heir. So why am I giving that up and going back to um, a trustee? When I told you that what does the Bible talk about the law being a, uh, a guardian? Can you imagine? I'm just going back to giving my inheritance to a guardian. Telling them, I know, I know now I'm grown enough. I'm, I'm, I'm mature enough to own my father's inheritance. But um, ooh, it's too much. How about you take you take care of it for me first? That's what people are, are constantly doing. And I don't want to catch myself doing that. Because it's 99.999% uh, that I, I'm able, uh, I can do that. And I found myself doing that. And I'm like, no. No. The curtain has been done in half. My heavenly father will provide. Okay. <laughs> Matthew chapter six. So I think I think this is I uh and Bali. You know, so while I was looking at Gus and Mama Gus that family just God is feeding them. So I I was like If God created me in his image, and God has welcomed me behind the curtain, before his throne, and he wants me to be strong and confident, be courageous, to go up and ascend the mountain with Christ, on Christ, through Christ, who is the gate, who is the stairway, who is the way? The one and only way that I can ascend the mountain is through Christ. In Christ. That's why I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ. Because I am in Christ. Christ is in me. Make them one just as we are one. I in them and you in me. That may, they may have complete unity. That's John chapter 17. I'm not going to 
to allow the devil the quote-unquote kamoth and the rodent to eat my treasures. No, they are in heaven. My treasures are in heaven. So the rodent and the moths are not going to eat my treasures. I'm not going to, to, to allow them. So I'm not going to store my, give my trust to mankind. On earth, I'm not going to, I'm not saying I'm not going to trust human beings. I'm just saying my trust is in the Lord, my Father in heaven. That's where my treasure is. My provider is nobody who is here on earth. My provider is God. And the same way God uses Gus's mother to feed Gus, in those instances where I've seen that happen, even after Gus is grown, sometimes I'm like, I God, I'm, I'm grown and I'm whining like a child. I'm grown and I can't even get myself to like trust you when it comes to this specific thing. I'm still acting like my 11-year-old self. But God calls me his child. Even as an 80-year-old, if even when I'll be 80 years old, God still calls me his child. So, yeah. I'm not going to say, oh, Jesus, I want you to treat me as an adult. Okay? <laughs> Mm-mm. No. So if God uses to feed gas, yes, gas, Nini gas can hunt for himself. That is God providing. But at the same time, gas, God uses Mama Gas to feed gas. So I'm going to trust that God can send birds. God can send birds to feed me. God can send can put in people's hearts to provide for me. God can, can nini, um, make uh, a, my business successful in order to feed me or a transaction successful, a service that I'm giving successful so that he feeds me. My God is not constrained to how he can feed me. The way I look at the, right now the two flowers have, have not started blooming, but the rains are here. But then on the ground, while the rains come, it has started raining because it was so dry. It has started raining. And in like two days after the rains, I started seeing the grass growing, like a green grass growing. And I was so amazed at that two small, small patches of green grass around the compound. I was like, it's like you guys were dead. There was no life on the ground. There was nothing, no sign of life on the ground. 
But then the minute it rained, after a day or two, green grass started growing. And then now our compound is covered with like a green covering. Even that, by the way, many bum because I was like, I came here while it was green. I stayed and I experienced the dry season. And then now I'm experiencing again the, like a green season. So I was saying like the flowers have not yet started blooming in the, like on the trees and stuff like that, or like the plants, but on the grass, there's this type of, um plant that has um it's not the blade of grass type of grass but it's another plant that has two wider leaves so it's like covering clothing the land in our compound and it it has two purple flowers so our you need some parts of our compound when I look outside I'm just seeing purple <laughs> it's beautiful and I've taken pictures like so if God can clothe even those things that I think are lowly like I'm stepping on the grass and Jesus who is God who everything that is visible and invisible is created in him by him, through him, for him. He can come here and tell me, Nanini, if God can clothe that plant on the ground. And God can clothe, like he can, you know, like, like a beautiful flower. He gives beauty to even things that will dry tomorrow. If that's the God you serve, then like, <laughs> why are you, why, why, why the little faith in him? Why? Why are you allowing the evil thoughts in your head to rule over you? You must rule over them. Rule over sin. The power that raised Christ from the dead, the spirit, lives in me. I have the power to rule over sin. God did not leave me alone. He gave me power from on high so even to rule over these doubts that keep remind that that keep like poking that to heads telling me are you sure are you sure oh that's too much god is telling you to do what uh, trust him oh my gosh things don't look good ah i know how how what makes you think when 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 you ascend the mountain where God is, you'll find him. What makes you think he will not smite you dead? When you go to his presence, you're going to your room. Really? Really? You don't need to confess your sins first to somebody. 
Are you telling me you you speak directly with God? That's another thing I've been seeing. And these are so-called Christians who are doubting that God speaks. People who call themselves Christians. I've been seeing this and I'm like, what is happening? People calling themselves Christians and they're poking at other Christians who says, God has spoken to me. What did God sound like? Maybe <laughs> in frustration, you only laugh your first. I'm laughing because I'm frustrated when I think of such such people. What Bible have you been reading where God does not speak to his people? Are you serving a dead God, an idol? A God of wood? A calf that doesn't speak? What God do you serve that doesn't speak to you? If it's the one and true God, he speaks. He speaks. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep know my voice. Was Jesus crazy when he said he speaks to his sheep and his sheep know his voice? Or was this just a metaphor? If actual sheep hear the shepherd's voice, actual sheep, actual animals, they can hear the shepherd's voice calling them by name, by name. And they're going, following the shepherd's voice. What about a human being? You know, frustrating is saying, I am not saying I'm better than anybody, by the way. That's like a thought that has come to mind. Oh, yeah, no, you're judging them, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. <laughs> Even Paul tells us, no, I'm not going to judge the people of the world. We're not supposed to judge them because they don't know the truth. But you're supposed to judge those who call themselves Christians, those who call themselves part of the gathering, call themselves part of the church. Because if you claim to be a Christian, a Christ follower, you're either ignorant or you're a wolf in sheep clothing. And by ignorant, meaning you're just eating the tiny, tiny milk, 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 and being satisfied with that, you don't want to dive deeper to know God. You don't want to ascend the mountain. And I'm using the word ascending the mountain because I've been studying the ascending the mountain. You know, when it comes to the bottom up and... <sighs> okay, you don't want to go before God and speak to God. You want somebody else to go on your behalf. That's the person who's eating milk. Why would I, why would I not ascend the mountain when God tells me to ascend? Why am I sending Moses? Why? Jesus has torn the curtain in half. Why do I need another human being between me and God? Is Jesus, Amma Maskewe, Yesu was so wounded that he can't hear me anymore? Was Jesus' ears wounded while he was being crucified that he can't hear? That he needs other people to intercede for me when it comes to prayers? Dead people? Oh no, oh no. His mother is more kind. And more compassionate. Jesus will hear his mother. Jesus tells his disciples when they were like, Jesus, your mother and your brothers are here. Jesus says, Who is my mother? Who is my who is my brother? If Jesus cared about Mary's status as his mother, he would have been like, Please, 
excuse me guys, let me run to my mother. Because apparently she she has authority over me. But no, Jesus says, who is my mother? Who is my brother? You guys, all of you who are here with me, those who are listening to me, you're my mother, you're my brother. We are family. My brother and my sisters and me. Jesus was saying, no. It's not about who gave birth to me. It's not about that. It's about who listens to God. Who listens to the one the father has sent. That's my family. Those who hear my voice and put into practice what I'm saying. Because my words are the words that are full of the spirit of God and life. So again, why should I have somebody in the middle? Why should I have a com- intermediate person? When it was this com- mediator person between me and Jesus. Uh-uh, I'm not falling for that. I'm not falling for that. I'm not. So every time I look at Gus and the mom, I think, and even when I look at the purple plants outside on the ground, on the ground that animals are stepping on, but God has still made them so beautiful. So beautiful, but they're being stepped on. If God... If God can give, can clothe the ground, if God can clothe the dry ground with the grass and clothe the grass with beautiful flowers, like, what about me? I think that's it for this episode when it comes to recording. It's something that I'll constantly be thinking about anyway. Because it's not a one and done thing. I don't want Jesus to say I have little faith. Yes, he said I can say Manini, like a little faith that can move a mountain when you have the faith of a mustard seed. I know, but at the same time, I want to be mature in Christ. I don't want that to be the one who's drinking milk. That doesn't mean studying seven hours. Because <laughs> I've said that. And this thought has come to mind. Well, that means then mature people, they, they, they read every book in the Bible. No. That's not what Paul is saying. Or whoever wrote that verse that talks about us being mature in Christ. They weren't saying you need to recite every single verse. You need, Jesus talks about hypocrisy. You'll be a hypocrite if you're looking for treasures on the earth. You're a hypocrite if you if you just want the seven hours to be. You're looking and, and worshipping the seven hours instead of seeking to understand. 
Are you seeking understanding, wisdom, and knowledge? Do you want to know the one and true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent? Or you just want to be known by the world? Are you storing up earthly treasures or heavenly treasures? So it's not about seven hours. If it takes me seven hours to understand, then amen. For something to sink in, then amen. If it takes me 20 minutes for something to sink in, then amen. If it takes me one hour, if it takes me 10 hours, I don't care. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I think the episode here is done. <laughs> I'm done with this study. I've understood what I need to understand. But the hours, I'm not like going to end this recording and then I'm like, Fuchs, Jesus, I'll never study. No, it's in my mind. Every time I see those purple flowers, there are other flowers that I'm waiting for them to bloom because I know they will bloom. They're like, when I see that, it's it, it reminds me. Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. There are things that, that sh- everything should remind me, but there are things that I know now that will remind me about who God is when it comes to being my provider. I'm not in a place where right now, and I thank God, I'm not in a place where I'm suffering. Like I can't complain. I have a roof over my head. I have clothes that I've never even worn. Not because I'm storing them for a beautiful day when I'm going. No. I have more than enough. Like, there are people who don't have that. While it's raining, they don't have a roof over their head. While it's this cold, they don't have clothes to warm them. They don't have food. Yes, there are things that I'm lacking. But but with what I have now, I can live comfortably. And by comfortably, I mean comfortably. So I'm not, this is something I need to remind myself. I don't want to build and store up treasures here on earth. Because if the goal is storing treasures here on earth, the places where I'm lacking, I'm going to start storing treasures here on earth. Instead of being grateful for what I have, I'm going to be like, oh, but you haven't hit the goal of you making this much money. Oh, but you haven't bought this. Oh, but you don't have this. Oh, Nanini, but this is, but for what? For what? Does it add an hour in my life? Just as Jesus said, if I make a thousand or if I make a million shillings tomorrow, will that add an hour in my life? Will it add a minute? 
in my life, the set time that I'm supposed to be here on earth. Will it add that? No. But guess what adds life to me when I store up treasures in heaven? I get eternal life. (laughs) Eternal life. So, that's a personal reminder. And if I'm in need of anything, not even if I, if, not even if, not only even if I'm in need, if I want anything, if it's not even a need, if it's a want, Jesus tells me, by the way, your heavenly father knows what you want even before you tell him. So can you imagine how easy it is to just then go and speak to him? If he already knows, you don't have to keep mumbling for hours and hours and praying to him. He already knows. Just go. Speak to him. And trust that he has heard. So that's what I'll be doing. I'm going to trust that God hears me. I don't need a person between me and him. I don't need to have this much whatever for God to hear me. I don't need to give a certain whatever for God to hear me. I don't need to do this and this for God to provide for me. They say, I serve a God who loves his creation, including myself, and values me. So every time I look at the ground, at the grass that I'm stepping on, the two small purple flowers and two white flowers that are blooming on the grass, that should be a reminder. That I serve a God who sustains. I serve a God who provides. I serve a God who listens. So thank you God. Thank you. For being open. Nikujue. You know. Thank you for tearing the curtain in half so that I I know you personally. Because now you've told me I'm welcomed behind the curtain. You told me I'm an, I'm an heir of not earthly treasures, of heavenly treasures. I'm an heir of heavenly treasures. So I trust that God you will provide what I need. You'll provide for my family. You'll provide for our cats. You'll provide for our dogs. You'll provide for animals, our cattle, and the sheep, and donkeys, and every every other creature, even the chicken. Thank God that you'll provide for our neighbors. You'll provide for our community. You'll provide for my country. You'll provide for those who are in need. You're a God who loves, who who is not ashamed of the needy. Like you don't, you're not disgusted by the needy. Once they are your number one priority. 
So thank you, God, for being a God who provides for the needy, who protects the vulnerable, who speaks to his children. May we hear your voice. May we know your voice. May we not be deceived by Satan disguising himself as an angel of light. May we not be deceived by people who who are telling us that you're too powerful for us and they need to come between us and you. May we not be deceived. Open our eyes that we see. Jesus, guide us. All the knowledge we need, all the knowledge we need is in you, Christ. You are wisdom. The spirit of wisdom is alive in us. Your spirit is alive in us. You have already ascended the mountain. And you have welcomed us with open arms to receive wisdom, knowledge and understanding. So thank you, God, for being so loving and kind and compassionate and slow to anger. Thank you for being patient. Thank you for being a father who listens and provides for his children. In Jesus' name, I pray, trusting and believing. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Hopefully, you'll be joining me every Tuesday for new episodes of the Trying Podcast. Stay safe, guys. Bye.